When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl, a lifestyle brand for women who love the great outdoors, spanning from hunting, fishing, foraging, archery, shooting sports, and the like. We are proud to have them as a sponsor, and you can learn more about them at www.realcamogirl.com and follow them all across social media to learn more and get involved. Welcome to episode 23 of District of Conservation. There has been a lot of news surrounding environmental policies with the Green New Deal, which I'm going to break down in this episode today for you and the serious problems with it. There's a lot of conservation-related news with respect to hunting or bow fishing that I'm also going to discuss as well. Stay with me for the podcast and we will have some fun dissecting all the latest breaking conservation news in and out of Washington, D.C. First and foremost... The Green New Deal was unveiled, and currently it is a non-binding resolution. So this is not a law currently, but it's a proposal in essence. And despite all the hype surrounding it and the tenants associated with it, as expected from a lot of us who had serious questions about it, not surprisingly, it would be a economic calamity, it wouldn't do anything to promote conservation, and it has extremely lofty and problematic goals associated with it. And on the surface, it talks about all these wonderful things it's going to ensure where they're going to replace traditional energy sources with 100% renewable energy sources by 2030, so it'll completely phase out so-called fossil fuels, fracked gas, and nuclear power. Essentially what this is going to do before I break down the ridiculous points of it is get rid of natural gas, which accounts for 32% of America's energy, nuclear power, which accounts for 10%, coal, which accounts for 18%, and liquid natural gas and oil, LNG, which accounts for 28%. So about 88% of the energy that we rely upon would be phased out meaning that more expensive technologies, which actually have some pretty serious environmental concerns and issues like wind turbines, which are known to kill birds, they're more expensive. Uh, Solar panels, which aren't foolproof when it comes to cold weather. And many other technologies, which they want to force upon people. And it's interesting, that's the most especially alarming thing that should be made clear even if you support alternative energy sources by way of this plan through government coercion, it'd be extremely deleterious. I don't think anyone who believes in free will would support this. So on the surface, we would eliminate traditional energy sources that would affect your cars, your boats, uh, any equipment you use for hunting and fishing, perhaps for travel as well. Their goal is to eliminate, and I'm reading from a fact sheet, which they deleted and then amended and then corrected. And it goes without saying that they will get rid of cows that fart because they keep complaining cows contribute to CO2 emissions. 
They're going to guarantee jobs for everyone. They want high quality health care, healthy food, clean air and water and access to nature uh, and do other things. They would eliminate air travel and have all these other lofty proposals. And instead of air travel, you would rely on high speed rail, which if you're from California, like me, is a complete boondoggle because it's a farce in in its own right. It's expensive. It's not going to be working in concert with environmental uh, things in place. It's going to interfere with things and it's expensive. It, it doesn't work privately. It works, but government funded rail does not work, especially in mass like that. And it will essentially call for upgrading all existing buildings here. They didn't clarify if it was commercial or residential or both. Uh, again, like I said, build high speed rail to replace air travel and do things of that sort. So it's problematic. I talked about it with Graham and Adam on the podcast a few episodes ago, but breaking down essentially what it is, I don't see how it's going to bolster the economy, bolster the environment, reduce emissions, promote conservation. It's just a government program that'll essentially curb at your ability to do things that you want to do. And I have no doubt it'll go as far as to suggest that you should eat meat. You shouldn't partake in the the activities that you do, especially hunting and fishing, but I've, I will include it in the show notes for you guys to read and dissect. I wrote a very lengthy piece about it at the resurgent, but I don't think, and I am confident that this bill will not support conservation right now. Like I said, it's not a bill, but if it were to become a bill, it would be problematic when implemented. It would completely destroy the economy. The GDP would go down and the activities you love especially outdoor activities would cease to exist with all these traditional energy sources being replaced. So that's the green new deal in a nutshell. So we'll continue to track that as the year progresses. If it gains any traction, a lot of people are criticizing it rightfully so, but it'll be nice to hopefully see it never materialize in Congress. So we'll keep tabs on that for you. A second important item I wanted to discuss is in nearby Pennsylvania And they're one of three remaining states, I believe, that has a complete and total ban on Sunday hunting. And Sunday hunting bans are remnants of blue laws. And Virginia has a lot of blue laws related to some hunting opportunities. I think we have, I believe we have Sunday hunting as of 2014 here. But a lot of the leftover blue laws to encourage people to, let's say, go to church or other societal activities are still in place in certain states, especially in Pennsylvania. And it prevents people from doing public or private Sunday hunting. And this bill, Senate Bill 147, recently passed the Senate Game and Fisheries Committee on February 5th. And what it would do was, what it would do is eliminate the legislative prohibition on Sundays, clearing the way for the Pennsylvania Game Commission, which is their Game and Inland Fisheries equivalent, to decide which Sundays, Sundays make the most sense. And it would lift the ban on hunting in the state. And it is one of three states that still have very draconian laws with respect to this Maine and Massachusetts. Uh, But all of the neighboring states, including here in Virginia, Maryland and West Virginia, Ohio and New York, which border Pennsylvania, currently have it. And this is being an effort supported not only by Sportsman's Alliance, where I'm reading this from, but also the National Shooting Sports Foundation and Hunters United for Sunday Hunting. And if hunting were allowed on Sundays in Pennsylvania, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, 
uh, opening hunting opportunities would have an annual impact of about $1 billion per year in Pennsylvania. But it's sad that most of the opponents of this bill don't see that. So that's a critical thing to highlight. I wanted to note that as well. But that's it has a huge economic impact. Uh, people still can go to church and go hunting on Sundays. So it's a win-win situation if this were to pass. But next it'll go into another committee, the Senate Appropriations Committee, and then hopefully, I believe, to the uh, the House chamber and then hopefully for a full vote in both of those chambers. But we'll continue to monitor that. But that's an uh, interesting development there. A third piece of legislation, but this one is not necessarily something we want to see passed. This is in nearby Maryland across the river from me relates to extending a ban on ray fishing tournaments. And Maryland, from what I've heard from friends, and I haven't done this myself, I have fished in the Chesapeake Bay for a striper, but I have not yet done bow fishing for rays. Uh, But people go to Maryland from all across the country because locals have said that rays are the rays, uh, they're like stingrays in a sense. Um, I'm not sure if they're skates or they're the ones of the poisonous variety, but Stingrays and rays have been problematic for oysters. They're very invasive. They kind of disrupt a lot of the ecosystem in the Chesapeake Bay. So people have gone there to do managed bow fishing operations there to cull the population. Uh, This bill proposed by some Maryland Democrats would extend a ban on ray fishing tournaments for the cow nose rays, which are apparently killed for sport and prizes. And they want to impose this ban until the Department of Natural Resources in Maryland releases a plan to protect the species' long-term survival. But they said that uh, apart from the tournament ban, that the state and federal government do not regulate fishing of rays. And they claim that if this bill were to pass, it would would not stop fishing of rays outside of tournaments, derbies, or competitions. They say this all the time, but usually when they're able to chip away at uh, opportunity, they're going to go after manage hunts or manage fishing operations like bow fishing tournaments for rays. A fishing ray tournament moratorium enacted by 2017 legislation was to be lifted this July, but that was under the expectation that the Department of Natural Resources would release a fishery management plan for the species at the end of 2018. And this is from the Capitol Gazette. Uh, and it also says that Marylanders have participated in ray fishing contests for years as the cow nose rays were linked to declines in oyster populations. The rays primarily eat oysters, crabs, and clams. Recent studies have disputed the rays' roles in declining oyster population, and they have said the Chesapeake Bay, interestingly enough, has called the rays misunderstood. And this especially has been promulgated and uh, promoted by animal rights activist groups called Showing Animals Respect and Kindness and Fish Feel, claiming that... uh, so-called abuse was happening during an undercover video at a tournament in St. Mary's County uh, showed that fishermen were beating rays with metal bats, dumping dead rays into the water and hunting pregnant rays. Um, So obviously they had an agenda to see that this slowly but surely will forbid the managed fishing efforts to control cow nose rays. Um, It's debatable whether or not they have significance in the Bay if I'm wrong in my assumption and that they're not invasive, feel free to correct me. But I feel like this is a typical tactic to curb recreational fishing access opportunities for people in various different states. They start small and then they expand. And more interestingly, 
people who are involved in Waterman's issues actually strongly oppose this. And Robert T. Brown, the president of the Maryland Waterman's Association, said that he has seen firsthand the damage raised due to clams, crabs, and oysters. And he says, according to, again, this Capital Gazette quote, article that I had a bunch of cano rays come in and decimate the oysters, he said, and I had about 6 million spat on shell in there and they just destroyed it. So that's pretty much both of the perspectives on the issue, but I don't see how tournament fishing for rays is a problem knowing the managed fisheries practices that are usually in place. And again, animal rights activists will portray an image, show abuse but usually will manipulate things for their advantage. Um, so I will take anything they put out with a grain of salt, but I wanted to highlight both views of that. But I think the Waterman's Association president is right on the money. They know firsthand. These are likely outside groups that come in who don't know the infrastructure and the situation in place. So I will trust the Marylanders in this case. That was episode 23 of District of Conservation. You guys can follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please subscribe and download the podcast every episode at iTunes and also find us at our home base at anchor.fm to never miss a beat on the latest conservation-related news. We will talk hunting, fishing, shooting sports, environmentalism, free market environmentalism especially, and other issues as it relates to this sphere and topic. So thank you guys for listening. I'm heading off to the Western Hunt Expo in Salt Lake City. So I will do my best to have a review on that experience. It's my first time at the expo. I've been to Salt Lake City, so it'll be beautiful to return. And you guys can follow along with what I'm doing on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, You just type in Gabby Hoffman or Gabriella Hoffman. You'll easily find me. And I'm looking forward to that. So thank you guys again for listening. Download, share the good word of the podcast, and make sure you subscribe. Thank you.